0: All right, hey, let's get into the Word of God. Uh, before we do so, I do want to say I am really, really excited about our Alpha, our Wednesday night Alpha, that we just yesterday were, was it, were, we were able to secure the the start date, February fifteenth, and uh, I believe it'll go for about ten weeks. And Brother Tokes, I apologize; uh, 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 he's he's been oh, there you are. <laughs> he's been the one coordinating with the Jackson force. Uh, and I was supposed to get to the end date yesterday, and I failed to do so. But I'll do that today. But but hopefully, it, it's those of you who were part of Alpha this last uh, fall uh, will know it, it's just a, it's a phenomenal and powerful curriculum uh, that discusses the foundational roots of Christianity, and and really brings you into a greater knowledge and relationship with Christ. And, and uh, a greater knowledge and relationship with the Holy Spirit, who loves to be active in our life, if we permit him. Uh, because if we we're a believer in Christ, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, that means that you are you possessed with the Spirit of God himself. Isn't that pretty powerful? Uh, and, and yet so many believers aren't aware of how active he wants to be and how he has been sent Jesus said to be a paraclete or one who comes alongside of us. And, uh, so so it, this is just, I, I really encourage you, if, if you're a new believer or if you've been walking with the Lord for many years, we, we had a lot of seasoned believers that were a part of uh, Alpha this last, uh, this last session that we did it. And, and many of them said, you know, I, I knew what I believed or I thought I knew what I believed, but I never knew how to articulate it. And this helps me form into words what I believe it's you know almost as if while we're going through the curriculum they go yeah, yeah that that's that's how we say it you know and uh, so it's just it's it's I I can't speak highly enough of the Alpha curriculum so I I really encourage you uh, if you have time on Wednesday nights it'll be from about six thirty uh, till about eight o'clock it'll go about an hour and a half each session and it's usually just uh, lots of laughs lots of warmth lots of uh, fellowship as well so. Uh, all right, let's get into the Word of God, uh, because uh, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. So, uh, your faith's not going to come because of any sermon I preach, but it's going to come from the Word of God. If I can include the Word of God in my sermon, uh, it'll preach far better than I do. So, uh, we're going to jump right in. We're we're on our we're still talking about our "Say What" series. Uh, God said that he was going to perfect a church this year, uh, and that means perfecting us in faith. One of the greatest ways to perfect our faith is by what we speak. If we can get what we believe in our heart to come out of our mouth, it'll impact. That's the quickest way to start manifesting your faith is through your mouth. So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Say what? We need to be cognizant of what we are speaking, what we are speaking over our life, what we are speaking over our families, what we are speaking over our relationships, because we learned in week one, we learned uh, that God created the entire all the worlds through faith, because He spoke it into existence. So the word of God is creative, and then we are told to be imitators of God which means that our words have creative power. What life are you creating for you and your family and your household and your every relationship you have and every situation you're in? What life are you creating by the words you're speaking? Solomon said there's the, the power of life and death are in the tongue. That means that my words have the biggest weight of anything in my life even even beyond the word of God because even if I'm speaking something contrary to the word of God guess what gets created in my life something contrary to the word of God but if I can speak the word of God we we learned last week that he is the apostle and high priest of our confession you remember confession means to speak what someone else says right if you're going to confess to a crime, well, you're all you're doing is saying what the prosecution says. Oh yeah, I'm guilty. I did that. If if you're going to uh, root for your favorite team, go Cowboys, right? Uh, well, what what am I doing? I am saying what all the other fans have to say. Let's go, go team. So in in that essence, we are always confessing something over our life, whether we are confessing what. Uh, someone has spoken over us or what our environment has spoken over us what our society says about us what the uh what the government may want you to say about you <laughs> you know or what the enemy wants you to say about you or what God has to say about you and if his words are life and light then I want to know what he has to say about me and every situation in my life so I wanna speak the word of God and not just speak it, but believe it and then speak. We'll, we'll kind of recap that a little bit. Uh, James chapter three, verse two is our, is our key verse. It says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. Does that describe anyone in here? I'll be the first one to raise my hand. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. The irony is in James chapter two, now when he wrote this letter, uh, James, who who most theologians believe this is the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, so if anyone could understand the ministry of Jesus, it would have been the guy who one of the guys who grew up with him, right? Uh, James in chapter 2 just got through talking about faith without works is dead, right? It's one thing to believe, but you, you need to put some actions to what you believe. Your belief should drive you to do the right things, say the right things. Then the first thing he goes into isn't some... Faith without works is dead. Well, here's how you practice your faith. Here's a list of religious traditions. He didn't do that. He went straight in in chapter 3 and started talking about your mouth. And he talked about how the, the, the rudder of a ship is little, but, man, it steers the whole ship. Or you could put a bit in, in an animal's mouth, a horse's mouth, or an ox's mouth, and you can lead it anywhere you want to. So, so there's something about your mouth that leads your entire life, and if we can learn to get this thing under control, James says, "Hey, I could control every area of my life. I could control my temper. I could control my relationships. I could control uh, my my appetites. I could control my my mindsets and my moods. If I can just learn to control this, why? Because whatever you say, whatever you speak over your life." eventually begins to manifest or come to pass, right? Uh, this is a little bit of a recap of what we have learned last week. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this, and since we have the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of, of, of faith of who? Whose same spirit? Well, of, of those from the ancients, Abraham and Moses, all those, but also the same spirit. The Bible says that, that we have been given a measure of faith. We get a measure of faith. Of faith, the same faith that Christ had. So when you are saved, he gives you some of his faith. And then from there, you get to start building it and operating in it. So so you get to have the same faith that Christ has according to what is written. I believed and therefore I spoke. So we also believe and therefore speak. We talked about believing in your heart, confessing in your mouth. That's how we receive Christ. Then Paul goes on to say, hey, just as you received Christ, so walk in him. Well, how did we receive him? We believed in our heart, we confessed. And that goes with any part of the word of God. Believe that it's real, believe that his word is true, and then speak it out over your life. Okay? So, let's talk about more that meets the eye. Because today we're going to be talking about the seen and the unseen. And yes, to all you fellow nerds in there, yes, that is a slight reference to the Transformers. Okay? Transformers, more than meets the eye. Well, I'm, I'm saying more that meets the eyes because hopefully you're using both of your eyes if they're good to, to view some things, right? Uh, the seen and the unseen. There are things in our life that we can easily see. I can look around and see you guys. But I also know there's a whole lot of things that are unseen that are represented in this room that have its roots in the spiritual world. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Whatever you can see with your eyes right now is really only temporary. Whatever situation you're in ultimately is only temporary. It's not going to last forever. But there are spiritual roots that you are dealing with in your life that have been around since before you were born and will be here long after you pass on. Because that which is not seen or the spiritual is eternal. And faith deals with what we don't see. Faith doesn't deal with what we see, you know, I don't have to have faith that you all wore shoes today. I can see that you all wear shoes, right? But I have to have faith that everything's going to work out well in my life for tomorrow because I don't see anything about tomorrow, right? Matter of fact, faith, Hebrews 11 and 1, I say, I quote this verse all the time. Faith without, uh, uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things hoped not seen. So faith deals with that which is not seen. If you're going to trust God and live a life of faith, you're, it's going to be about things you don't see. Matter of fact, uh, if you go on and read in Hebrews, and we've talked about it over the last few weeks, said through faith, we know that God spoke the worlds into existence. And then he goes on to say, and that everything that you can see was not made by something seen in other words this entire world this entire existence has a birth that was spiritual in nature everything that you encounter in this world actually has a spiritual birth to it it comes from something you don't see So if you were birthing something in your life, it's going to come from within your spirit. The question is, what are you birthing? Is it a blessing or is it a curse? Every situation in your life, good and bad, has a spiritual root to it. Because this whole realm, the the entire birth of this realm came from something not seen. Everything eventually comes from the spirit, the spirit world. Okay? Okay? Everyone following with that so far? So here we go. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says this For we walk by faith. In other words, we live by trusting God. In other words, we live by dealing with things that aren't seen. And we don't walk by sight. Why, Why is this relevant? Because if you are living just according to what you can see, you're late to the dance because everything that you can see has already happened it's already been birthed it's already been created it had its roots in the spirit if you need change in your life it's not a matter of changing what you see because that's, that's already it's already happened you have to go to the spiritual root of it and begin to change it there It's it's like this. Uh, Those of you who uh, have had kids, you know, most of us when we find out we're going to have children, you know, there's there's tests that that give it away. There's biological things uh, for all of you moms that give it away, right? Things that changes to your cycle, all this stuff. Uh, Even even on something simple enough as all of you ladies who've had. Had had babies, you just there's something different. You wake up one day, right, and you're like, hey, something's different. You can't put your finger on it necessarily, but you're like, oh, something's. Di- I, I wonder, I wonder. You know what I mean? You can't see it, but there's a sense about it. That's faith. I know something is different. I don't, I don't see it yet, but I know something is different. And then all of a sudden, you get confirmation. You guys are gonna have a baby. Woo! And there's celebrations, right? And there's, you know, hopefully there's celebrations. Hopefully it's not. No. <laughs> no please don't tell. <laughs> Some of you that's tell us. Oh, we're gonna what? You know. Uh, so, so uh uh what happens? The actions start. Uh there's there's actions with that faith, right? We're gonna have a baby. We're gonna paint the room. You know, we got to go get a crib. We, we got to start stashing clothes. Let's start stashing up on diapers, formula, all the stuff, all the uh, bottles, everything you need, right? There's preparation, life changes, so that when the baby is here, hopefully you got just about everything you need for the most part. But the way we live our lives, the majority of folks, even Christians, we don't live according to what we don't see. We live according to what we see. So that would be the equivalent to a couple getting pregnant and just not doing a thing about it, and then all of a sudden the baby shows up and she gives birth, and it's oh, we got a baby now. We got to go get a crib. We got to go do this. We got Well, you're a bit late on it, aren't you? That's, that's what it is to live by sight and not by faith. When you live by faith, you don't see what you're birthing, but you know you're going to be birthing something. And you're going to start making preparations for it. You're going to live according to it. You're going to assume the role of, hey, God's about to deliver some things in my life, and I am prepping for it. That's walking by faith, walking by what you don't see, right? Right? So if you're experiencing something that is uncomfortable, painful, negative, toxic, complaining, whining, and crying about it, it's not going to change anything. The toxicity's already happened. You have to forget about what you're seeing, hearing, and feeling, and to believe God's word on the matter in your heart, and then begin to speak or call the things that aren't as though they were. That's what Abraham... The Bible says that Abraham called the things that weren't as though they were. And it said that that's God's faith. That's what God does. So you have to start calling the things that aren't as though they were. If your child is in a, in a world of a mess, you don't whine about the mess. You begin to go to God in prayer. Lord, I believe that great shall be the peace of my children. I believe that my children are taught by you. I believe that my children are highly favored. I believe that the, you've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I believe that your hand is on my child. What are you doing? You are calling. It, it may not look that way, but you're calling it the way it should be. Per the word of God. Right? So that's, that's walking by faith. So God speaks the things that aren't as though they were. That's how God does it. Let there be light. There wasn't any light in this realm. Matter of fact, the, the literal translation would have God actually saying this. Light be. What did he do? He called something that wasn't as though it was. Light exists. So if you're going to Copy God and mimic God. You have full authority as a believer in Christ Jesus to call something in your life. You may have to say kidneys function, knees bend, headache leave. Say, well, that's oh, come on, that's ridiculous. Jesus did it. You know, Jesus spoke to all kinds of things. You know, we're going to see this. Lessons from a fig tree. Man, I could go on weeks and weeks about this fig tree, but I'm only going to talk about a few things. Jesus actually spoke to all kinds. He didn't speak to just people. Jesus spoke to trees. (laughs) He talked about speaking to mountains. Jesus spoke to waves. Jesus spoke to the wind. Jesus spoke to fevers. You remember uh, uh, when he healed... Peter's mother-in-law, you remember that story? He just got through ministering in the synagogue. Peter took him back to his house. His mother-in-law was laying in bed with a severe illness, severe fever. And if you go back and look at the account, Luke chapter 4, he doesn't go in there and say, Father, if it be your will, we pray that you, would would you see it in your heart to heal Peter's mother-in-law? He didn't even talk to the father. The account says that he got really close to her and he rebuked the fever. One translation said he commanded the sickness to leave. So he prayed prayed for the mother-in-law. No, he actually spoke to the illness and said, get out, go. He spoke to demons, commanded them to leave. And yet we have been called to be Christians, that, that word means little Christs. We we are now, he was the anointed one, Christ. We now wear the, the name of Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We are now in Christ. That way we are walking anointed ones. And and we've been given the same spirit that Christ had, the Holy Spirit. We've been commanded to be imitators of God, imitators of Christ. That means that we have the same authority to speak to things. We pray to God, but we can also speak to things. Everyone following? Some of you looking at me like I fell out of a tree. Let's look at what Jesus says here. So Mark chapter 11, starting with verse 12. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, He was hungry. Jesus was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. He found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, now, Jesus said to who? What? Who? who did he speak to? Oh, the tree. He said to it. So he actually spoke to a tree. He said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And he must have said it out loud pretty well because it says, and his disciples heard it. So it wasn't like he just thought about it like, oh, man, I'm going to do something crazy. They don't. I don't want them to think I've lost my mind. Notice he didn't even pray. He didn't say, Lord, Father God, this tree has irritated me. Would you curse it? He spoke to the tree and he cursed it. There's life and death in the tongues. Oh, I don't want to speak any curses. There are some things in your life you do need to curse and get out of your life because they're cursed things and you have all of heaven backing you up. God said, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. As long as you're walking according to the word of God. Say, so, well, I don't know if God will do it. You know, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. If it's his promise, the, the answer is yes, because all the promises in God are yes and amen, or yea, and amen, the Bible says. So amen just means so so be it. Let it be so. So, God, would you do this? Did I promise it? Well, yeah, right here in your scripture. Then the answer is yes, let it be so. That's what he's saying. So Jesus says to it, now why, why was he upset? Well, it said that it, it wasn't even like season for figs to grow, and yet he's hungry. They're walking across the field. They're actually heading into Jerusalem. He's about to go cause trouble in the temple because right after this, he goes and knocks over tables and chairs and you know all the money changers, all that stuff. Well, he's hungry, and he looks over across the field. He sees this fig tree with beautiful leaves, which means it's blooming. It should have fruit. And he goes over there, lots of leaves, lots of decor, no fruit. It irritated him. That describes a lot of us Christians, doesn't it? We got a lot of, see, this is a side sermon right here. I'll give you this one for free, okay? So, I mean, we got, we got a lot of trappings. Boy, we know how to do the thing. We can say all the right words. You know, we can, we can show up to church. We can even know plenty of scriptures we can quote, and sometimes we can look down our nose and point our fingers and judge a lot of folks that are struggling in a lot of areas and maybe aren't living up to what we think they ought to be living. Yet, we, if we're not bearing fruit in our own lives, we're no better than this fig tree. Lots of leaves, no fruit. You saw what Jesus thought of this this guy. He got so mad, he actually talked to a tree. I had a neighbor one time. The Lord just brought this back to my memory. Y'all are probably going to think I'm crazy. I had a neighbor, uh, Mr. Wilson, of all things. That's kind of funny. <laughs> a little tool time. And he was frustrated. All the... It was springtime, all of our trees, it was, we were new here in the neighborhood, all of our trees were starting to bloom, and he had he had a tree that it still looked dead, and I mean, we were starting to get some colors in the neighborhood, and he had this tree, and he was upset, and man, he came out, he had a cha- his little electric chainsaw, he was so mad at this thing, he had been putting nutrients in, in the little soil all throughout the winter and, and spring, and he was going to cut it down, and man, he was complaining about how much he's going to have to pay to get a new tree, and I don't know what happened to this tree, it's dead. And I'm I'm sitting there listening to him, I'd been mowing my lawn, and I listened to him, and the Lord said, don't let him cut it down, he needs to see a miracle. So okay. And he said, uh, go over and touch the tree and shake it and tell it to wake up. So said, well, most people think I'm weird anyway, so fine, I don't care. <laughs> and if it doesn't work, it's on you, God, so... I went over, I said, no, 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 don't cut it down. The Lord says it's just sleeping. And so I shook it, and I said, hey, tree, wake up, it's spring. And he looked at me exactly the way I thought he was going to look at me. <laughs> and I told him, I said, I said, if you see buds on this tree soon, you know that God's speaking to you about some things. And the very next day, the tree looked like it came to life, man. It was beautiful, it had little buds on it, and... and. uh well, what did the Lord have me do? He had me speak to something. I said, Lord, why would you make me do something crazy like that? He said, well, I don't know. I did the same thing. I spoke to a tree. Now, look what happened here. Hop down to verse 20. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, I've highlighted that. We're, we're going to come back to that. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed just less than 24 hours ago has withered away. I mean, it is dead. It is dry. It's crumbling. He says, so Jesus answered. You would think that Jesus would have said, well, yeah. What do you think was going to happen? I'm son of God. I'm Christ. I'm Jesus. What, do you think I'm going to say something and I'm not going to come to pass? No, he starts talking. Who does he start addressing? So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Hey, trust God. Believe in your heart. All starting to sound familiar? For assuredly, I say to you. Now, who's the assumed subject? The disciples and those of us reading. So assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, Matthew actually talks about this a little bit more too that we're going to get into in just a second and we'll wrap up. But when when they, they were in all... You, you curse that fig tree and look, it's actually done. And Jesus doesn't say, Well, yeah, there's a lot of things I do when it happens. He looked at them and started basically say, Look, you, if you look, speak to this mountain, say, cast into the sea. That's the problem. Many of us have mountains in our life, and all we're doing is complaining to it. Jesus didn't say complain about your problems, your mountains. A mountain can be something that just seems too high to get over, too wide to get around. It's just right there in your way. Jesus said, Speak to it. He didn't even say, Hey, ask the Father if He'll remove the mountain for you. No, He said, No, you, just, you speak to it. You have the authority. Tell it. Get out of my way, and it'll happen. I like how Matthew describes the same thing. And when the disciples saw it, when they saw the fig tree, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, have faith and do not doubt. You will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed to be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So in other words, we are to be imitators of God, the Bible says. And if Christ was the incarnation of God walking on the earth, and he was, as Paul said, and we talked about it last week, he he is the apostle and high priest of our confession, or us saying what he says. The apostle means one who is sent, so he was sent to us to be the high priest or the ultimate example of what to confess. Well, if Christ spoke to things, and they had to obey, through him, you have the authority to speak to things that aren't seen, and life has to obey. If you are saying what he says. If you're like, "Woo, hang on, I'm speaking for that Rolls Royce. <laughs> Does that mean God's gonna give you a Rolls Royce? I'm not saying... Hey, if there's a purpose for a Rolls-Royce, yeah. If he has a purpose for you to do it, here's, here's, the, here's the problem with, with folks that get excited and say, ooh, then I can just ask for anything and everything, and man, I can just riches and glory and all this stuff. You know, and, and if Jesus, Jesus talked about, he gave the parable about the neighbor who came and woke, you know, woke the man up in the middle of the night. You remember? Asking if he could borrow some bread. And, and he pestered the guy enough. Matter of fact, the, the literal translation said he had the audacity to come over and do it. That the guy finally said, okay, fine. I'm trying to get some sleep. Take some bread. Go. And, and so we're like, look, whoo, if I pester God enough, boy, he's going to do this. No, here, here's the thing. The man came over and said, hey, can I borrow some bread? Can, I, can, can you give me some bread? Because I had a friend who traveled and got here late, and I don't have any bread to give to him. So he went and asked the man, Can can you give me something? Because I want to bless my friend. It wasn't because he wanted to load up on carbs. So that's the mindset when we go, everything that you have belongs to God anyway. And if he's given you something, it's so that you can be a blessing. The house that you have, the car that you have, the finances you have, the clothes that you have. Anything about your life, it doesn't belong to you anyway, it belongs to him. So anything that you ask, if you ask with the mindset of, Lord, hey, if you'll bless me, man, I could be a bigger blessing. Those are the things that move his heart. Now, I, I want to I point something out. Go back to, you remember how it said it withered? It said it withered from the root up. Now, this is interesting. I want to say this to those of you who, who said, look, I've tried to I've tried to speak to things, I've tried to speak to situations, I've I've prayed about this and that, and nothing has changed. Which sometimes we have microwave Christianity anyway, you know. We're used to instant stuff, right? We want to put our order in at McDonald's and we want to like be able to pull up through the drive through window and not hit our brakes. Just, you know, kind of get the, the burger and go, right? That's kind of our society. We want instant this. You know, uh, we even got into where, you know, most people don't even like going out shopping anymore. Man, we can hop right online, just shop right there, click, 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 great, it's going to come to me. And, uh, which I actually like that, right? (laughs) You know, I have to admit, I like that. (laughs) Uh, You don't even have to worry about which pair of pajamas to pick out to go to Walmart, right? So... That's how we are a lot of times with the Lord, and the Lord's on his own timetable. The Lord's on his own timeline. Now, Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and it said it withered from the roots up. So it, his words did affect the fig tree. Where did it start affecting? Now, usually when a tree dies, you're going to start seeing the sickness up at the top. And usually it'll be the roots in the bottom that that last the longest because the roots are in the ground. They're the ones that have access to a little bit more moisture and maybe a little bit more nutrients. But this was different. The roots began to weather and it went upward from there. So his words began to affect first the roots. Where are the roots at? Under the ground where you don't get to see them. So his words began to affect the part of the tree you couldn't see. Where did we say every situation in your life has what kind of a root, a spiritual root? If you got a problem with someone at work, it's not about that person. It's spiritual in nature. Begin to speak life into the situation. Say, well, they've still been a jerk two weeks later. I've been speaking life into the situation. I'm telling you, it's affecting the root. There may be some things you can't see, but it's affecting it. December 15th, God started having me pray about this, study on this, uh, and started speak, being very intentional about speaking some things over my life. and over There's, there's, there's a relationship in my life that has been challenging that I, I began to speak things over it that didn't represent the way things were. But I began to speak peace over it and and clarity of communication and calmness. And, And here we are a month later. This week, finally, some of the most productive conversations and dialogue and peaceful dialogue has taken place for the first time in several years. Now, this is without me doing anything other than praying and believing and speaking life into this situation, And I'm seeing the word of God line up with what's taking place. I'm seeing my reality shift. And I believe it'll get better because I'm still going to keep speaking life into it. So be encouraged today. Your words are making a difference, hopefully for good. Hopefully you're speaking the word of God into your life. And even if you don't see a response, I'm telling you, it is affecting and impacting the root of the situation. Let's all stand. I want you all to read this out with me. Speak it out loud. If if anything, say, man, I feel ridiculous. Well, good. Now you know how I feel every day of my life, right? All right. Let's all read this. I am a faith child of a faith God, He releases creative power in His words. I act like Him. I speak words of life and power, and they change my life. I don't know what's been spoken over you in your life. I don't know what, you've, uh, what, you, what, what has been influenced by your society, by your culture, by your environment. Uh, there's a lot of folks that are carrying a lot of baggage because of what has been spoken over them or insinuated over them. And the Lord wants you to be free from it. Over the next two weeks, we've got two more weeks in the Say What series, and then we're done. Someone say, yay. <laughs> but what we're going to do over the next two weeks, wouldn't it be good to know if, if, if folks, everyone's got an opinion about you, right? That's why everyone's like, "Who you need to guard your reputation. No, forget about your reputation. Because you've got a million reputations. If there's 70 people in this room, that means I've got 70 reputations. Some of you like me. Some of you are annoyed by me. I don't know. I ain't got enough time to worry about managing 70 different reputations. So all I can do is just do my best. That means that there are 70 potential opinions coming in, right? Wouldn't it be good to block out every opinion, good and bad anyway, and just focus on God's opinion about you? So, over the next two weeks, over the next two weeks, we're gonna take a look and it's gonna be a lot of information. You're gonna wanna make sure you, you get notes down or maybe take pictures of the slide. We're gonna talk about 40 things 40 things that God says about you. And they're powerful, they're life changing. I get up, I speak them over myself every day. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. And every one of them are rooted in the word of God. It's what the word of God says. Hey, this is what God says about you. And I speak it over myself. I started doing it when I was in one of the lowest states of my life. God gave them to me. He said, why don't you just stop listening to what's being said about you right now. Because several years back. He said, why don't you go look at what I have to say about you and speak that over you. And I had stepped away from doing it. It, it lasted for a while, and man, got me through that time in my life. And on December 15th, God had me pull it back out. And it's become part of my daily morning prayer time. I'll get out, and Lord, this, I, I believe this is what you've said about me. And I'm telling you, they are life-changing. Forty things that God says about you. I've been telling you how not to say things. Watch what you say. But now I'm going to give you, over the next few weeks, 40 things that you can say. And if you'll believe in your heart, confess it with your mouth. I'm telling you, you'll see some changes in your life. Amen. Let's all pray. Father, I love you. I love you so much. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy, because your mercy endures forever. Lord, put a guard over our our mouth. Let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be holy and acceptable before you, Lord. Help us to be perfected, and let us start with what we speak. I pray this wor- this week that our words will our words will be life. I pray that our words will be gracious. I pray that our words our words would be unifying, and that our words would be holy and derived from Your Word. Father, I speak healing over this congregation. I speak life into this congregation. I speak joy. I speak release and freedom. I speak clarity of mind. I speak financial abundance so that we can be greater givers and blessers to those in need. I speak soundness of mind. You didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind, your word said. Lord, you said that you order the steps of the righteous. So I pray that the direction and navigation of every household represented here will be clear for each individual. Thank you. Thank you for the authority that you give us to speak life into our world. Speak life into our personal kingdom. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we sing one more song as a family, let me bless you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Let's worship him one more time.